0: The following podcast contains spoilers for Blade, Trinity, and Fight Club.
1: Welcome to a world that only exists at night, where heroes are found in the strangest of places. A world populated by forgotten classics, video nasties, and the head of their town. Take a look with me at misunderstood geniuses and those who believe themselves to be so. This is the world of the Midnight Screening. that's right everyone welcome to the premiere episode of midnight screening today's film is the incomparable 1999 david fincher classic fight club i'm your host nathan with me is my good friends ty what up and josh yo so boys you get the drill we're talking about cult classics here we're talking about great midnight movies if you will fight club which
2: technically this podcast's already over though, right because we can't talk about it. yeah,
0: it's very true. we broke like we're nearly breaking the first two rules.
1: it's, it's like fifty percent of the rules of Fight Club. Um, yeah, so I yeah. uh, hope you guys enjoyed. We'll catch you all next
2: time, And uh, that was Fight Club
1: that was a credit music joke <laughs> um, <laughs> That's what that was supposed to be. Uh, no yeah, what is our spoiler free? I'd hope it is yeah what's our like and uh, our personal relationship with with this movie i guess uh spoiler free yeah just just briefly I think... brief spoiler free gotcha okay i get i get that with this movie in particular that's quite difficult <laughs> which we will definitely get into But the movie Um, has
0: been out for, like, 20-odd years, so... Uh,
2: 22
1: years this November, yeah. Just in case someone hasn't seen it. And has listened to a (laughs) podcast about it? (laughs) You'd be
0: surprised, Josh, you really would.
1: Yeah, I've, I've seen worse, okay? I've seen
2: people do worse. Okay. I mean, to sum the film up, I think... It is both the most confusing film I've ever seen, but every time I watch it, somehow it gets more confusing whilst
1: also making more sense. Very true. Yeah, I noticed with, with this rewatch, there was a lot more things I noticed, both in the way of like, oh, that explains that, but also in ways where I was like, that is nonsense. Why is that in this movie? Yeah. I mean, It's hard, without going to
2: spoilers, there are definitely a lot of times where a question gets answered. It just
0: raises another question, you know. Yeah, there's also times where a question just straight up never gets answered, and no matter how many times you watch a movie, watch this movie, it just doesn't. I still don't know the answer. It's really annoying. I don't want to know the answer, but you know.
2: To be fair, I, I think out, that's part of the design, right? They just don't want you to know the answer. Yeah, because are just you
0: know. But you know, yeah. like some films, like they don't want you to know an answer but you still figure it out anyway and it kind of ruins the mystique. So David Fincher and the writers have actually done a fantastic job pretty much making sure that no one figures out this answer.
1: Yeah, it, it almost requires a rewatch. And like, yeah. I don't think it's a spoiler to say there's a big twist. People know there's a big twist, yeah. but... It's
0: like, it's like Inception. It just... It, yeah. It demands a rewatch.
1: On, on that, yeah, on that scale, it's more of an Inception than like, a Sixth Sense, which you watch it the second time and suddenly it's like, oh, that all makes now sense. I get it. This yeah. is everything pieced together perfectly yeah. because of that one piece of information. With this film, I'm like, I, I guess, kinda, sure. Um, Every
2: new piece of information makes you think that there should be more information, so you have to rewatch yeah. it to find that new which, information again.
1: Which is definitely on theme, given that the narrator is, like, a paranoid schizophrenic.
2: Insomniac.
1: And and Idea-addicted
2: linux wow. loving
1: yep Zoe penguin joke for you yeah yep <laughs> i was gonna bring that up right let's immediately start talking about the film itself the penguin mm-hmm. the penguin that says in a really chirpy voice Slade! <laughs> i forgot there was a penguin in this movie until my rewatch really and that might be wow. my favorite thing i love the penguin so much he literally <laughs> appears like 10 seconds is that Just, he? uh i have not. idea. clarify what penguin. gender the penguin is? <laughs> a CGI penguin that later in the movie becomes Helena Bonham Carter. Yep. <laughs>
2: because Helena Bonham Carter temporarily become a penguin. That's a real question.
1: I just, I that whole scene is just brilliant to me. The way it's about finding like your inner peace and your inner cave and whatever, and your spirit animal, and then he's yeah. just a penguin. <laughs> 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 he just dreams up a penguin
2: yeah i mean i feel like there's probably if you do enough googling some sort of deep down metaphor or meaning behind that penguin but i think i'm going to live the rest of my life just understanding that they felt like adding a penguin in yeah, yeah
1: i refuse to ever google symbolism of penguins <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got to think of that you like you'll go to your cave your very special place okay you go to a very cold place cool you find your spirit animal penguin now if you ask any Person, what their spirit animal is, they're going to choose some. Any guy's going to choose something cool. You know? Like, spirit animal, gorilla, lion, stuff like that. It's just like, oh yeah, penguin. I'm a moth. Where's your spirit world? Oh, a tropical beach somewhere. Nah, nah, nah ice cave. Why? Can I
2: have a dusty
0: closet? You can have a dusty closet, Josh, but it, Thank a dusty you. closet's better than an ice cave.
1: Wait, does warm, a dusty closet like? also have a penguin in it?
0: No, it's a I moth. Mean,
2: the penguin can come visit if the penguin wants to come visit. You know? <laughs> I, I don't discriminate against the flightless birds.
0: I <laughs> mean, the emus are kicking it regularly. <laughs> uh this is all too crazy. We're, we've been talking for like five minutes about a penguin.
1: We've only talked about the penguins. We haven't even ex- explained what a is about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, George, jo-
2: jo- if we're going into spoiler zone, that's when you talk about Fight Club, what it's about, you know. But did say spoiler-free.
1: And I okay. don't
2: think this counts as a spoiler if you talk
1: about Penguin. Yeah. I don't know. It's early. Um, so, yeah, I'll do a quick recap for anyone who doesn't know, or, or it's, or maybe it's been a while. Fight Club is a movie. Uh, yeah, there you go. Fight Club. It is.
2: Great summary. Great summary.
1: Sorry. Mm. <laughs> Fight Club is a movie about uh, an insomniac office worker. Uh, who befriends a soap salesman and know. then accidentally forms a terrorist cult. One way it. it's an oversimplification of-, of events, but sure. That's me that's me being as vague as possible about the, the ins and yeah, outs, but
0: yeah that's- so the moral of the story is kids, don't trust soap makers, they'll make you build a terrorist cult.
1: Just in. I think that's where we can we can jump into into spoilers a little bit. Great. <laughs> I hope so. Cause, cause, Cause I can last... feel. Yeah. Yeah, I can feel Josh really, really wanting to talk about like <laughs> the last ten minutes of this movie.
2: <laughs> Which, coincidentally, is the first five minutes of the movie. Right. Correct. As well, most films that do this just mess mess things up, right? When they like start and then like the whole film's a flashback, then get current thing. But something like this film. You've forgotten it starts like that because it makes no sense when it starts, right? You know, yep. it starts mm-hmm. in some sort of high-end building with a gun in his mouth, and then for you guys, it, it's the same scene. You're like, oh yeah, that's how this is going. I forgot about that.
1: But also, it has that beautiful impossible shot where the camera goes under the floor into a truck and then outside. Yeah, which is just textbook David Fincher CGI showing off.
2: Emphasis on the showing off. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like this movie, it's, it's maybe not as worst for it, but it's still full of those just unnecessarily complicated shots that require so much digital effect added on later. Yeah. And I respect him so much. For that. I think Gone Girl's <laughs> the worst one with like the CGI gummy bear. This one's just okay. a
2: penguin, no gummy bears. Yeah, I brought it back to the penguin people.
1: <laughs> There's that shot in, in Gone Girl where she throws a a gummy bear at Ben Affleck's head, but because he wanted it to bounce perfectly, it's a CGI gummy bear. <laughs> it's kind of like the bit in, you know, Blade, when didn't they have to, like,
2: CGI open like, the guy's eyes because he just refused to? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Do you not know about this? Oh, wh- no. Which actor was it? Hold up. In Blade. Was it Blade or Blade 2? Maybe in Blade 2 to be fair.
0: Liceless Nipes?
2: i think yeah no yeah it was wesley's next there's like a scene where he's like lying down with his eyes closed and then he like opens them but he just refused to open his eyes for that scene so they've in the in the film his eyes get cgi opened which is why it looks really dodgy
0: yeah
1: it's in blade trinity,
0: trinity I, right. I was gonna guarantee that everything's <laughs> bad from blade happens in blade trinity but
2: yeah it's just it's such a
0: oh wait on the table yeah when meant yeah. to have died
2: Yep, oh, see that's,
0: that's, a, that's a that's a that's a different um oh by the way guys, spoilers for blades apparently. Um that's a different ending. Trinity. Uh what was the... like the ending I saw, and I saw the original ending, and uh, the alternate ending and the ending I saw was when Blade actually turns into Dracula. Sorry, Dracula's turned into Blade, so Blade turns back to Dracula. Really confusing. Um I never
2: watched Trinity, so Yeah, I'll take the, the word for
0: it. The um, alternative ending was Blade actually died, and Ryan Reynolds and Jessica Biel's character Hannibal and Abigail they become werewolf hunters. Yeah, yeah. really trippy.
1: Don't don't Do get you know... into it. <laughs> Do you know what movie has a a really good ending though? Fight Club. Are you going to say Fight Club? Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a good ending though? It's a oh, ending. It's... We can talk about this because I have ending. so many thoughts on, on the like, closing shot of this movie. Okay.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, first of all, so a quick spoiler recap, right? For people that oh, yeah. have seen it but still may be a while. The film is about an insomniac, IKEA addicted, Edward Norton, who likes to hug meatloaf's birdseed breasts, who then ends up becoming friends with Brad Pitt, but is actually not Brad Pitt in his own mind. And then yep. they blow up half a city so they erase credit card debt. After and do, people. And they
0: Summed do killing a Carter every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, Josh, scary thing is, I uh, I was at work with Nathan, and I just realised, literally two weeks ago, I think it was Nathan, that mm-hmm. Robert was played by Meatloaf. Yeah, yeah.
1: Literally. Yeah, the was like, Was Meatloaf in that movie? I was like, Yeah, yes, Meatloaf is in that movie.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's a random piece of information, because I don't know if anyone else noticed, like, the fat suit he uses in the film is a bit weird in terms of, like, as fat suits go. Found out they used they used birdseed for the fat suit. Oh. Yeah, b- bird seeds for the, for the for his breasts. He literally has birdseed breasts in that film. So there you go.
0: Yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> the more you know. You need that animation I think... just saying the more you know.
1: I think um. Yeah, you talk about the uh, the ultimate goal of the... They're not Fight Club at that point, are they? They are... No, they start as Fight Club and then they become the... Project Mayhem. Project yeah. Mayhem, thank you. I would say Project Midnight there, but I think that's just because the name of our show is Midnight, <laughs> Midnight And then spray yeah. paint a
0: big smiley face on a building.
1: Yeah. Cool. So yeah, their, their ultimate goal becomes domestic terrorism to erase credit card debt and I think that's where the reputation of this film starts to get a little iffy.
0: Yeah. Also, I'd, I'd like to point out that Jared Leto was involved in the big smiley face and then went on to play the quote unquote Joker.
1: It did. And it looked, yeah, that smiley face does look a lot like the kind of thing his Joker would spray paint <laughs> yes. on a building before blowing it up. <laughs> Jared he didn't just spray
2: paint he also did some fires for the eyes. Let's just, you know. Uh, set
1: yeah. an apartment on fire. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's it. That is where, <clears throat> as much as I love this movie, it becomes, for the context we we're discussing it, um, through the the eyes on midnight screening, it becomes a little dodgy, because this is the poster child for the film bro complete misunderstanding of a satire movie. In fact, on the Letterbox Theatre, I've just stumbled on a review. This movie has become such a film boy cliche that it's easy to forget how great it really is.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: That completely sums up my thoughts on Fight Club. I
2: I think that's the thing. Everyone that sees Fight Club watches it once. Like anyone that's like, oh yeah, I'm a huge movie buff. (laughs) Ha ha ha. They'll watch Fight Club once. Forget what it's actually about. And just like, yeah, Brad Pitt fights Edward Norton and then they shoot some guy. And that guy (laughs) shuts himself. Not important, I guess. But then they'll forget that everything that it's about and yeah. watch again because it's, you
1: know. It's almost it's a warning about like extremism and falling into like dangerous ideologies.
2: Yeah.
1: And how a lot of these dangerous ideologies have like noble intentions on paper. But I mean they they do a lot of a lot of crimes. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think a good way to sum sum up their ideal is the scene with, you know, Brad Pitt holding the empty revolver to the poor, like, gas station guy, right? Yeah. It's like, the whole bit, it's like, thing, you think gonna shoot him or whatnot, but really he's just trying to encourage him to chase his dreams by the threat of murder. Yeah. It's just unique. <laughs>
0: also, nearly committed group um, homicide plus uh, suicide in the car to make people realise sure. what they really wanted to do before they died
2: so, yeah then, that's, that, that scene's another one of these questions right where like, after like several times watching it it's still confusing because in that scene Brad Pitt's the one driving the car and mm-hmm. he's shouting and arguing with Ed Norton's character right but there's two normal guys in the back. Well, I say normal, Put yep. quotation marks around that. What are they seeing there? Are they seeing Edward Norton shouting at nothing? Or are they is he having this whole thing in his head? Is there anyone actually driving a car and is that why it crashes?
1: Yeah, there's such a question. So everyone just accepts that Edward Norton is Tyler Durden. Mm-hmm. Yep. So did they all just know he's schizophrenic and are just okay with it?
2: i think a lot of it because a lot of the scenes you get with Helen and bonham carter i can't remember the names of characters here but <laughs> is that she gets uh, confused when he starts like getting all schizophrenic around her yeah right so I- i'm not sure
1: <laughs> yeah because she's almost accepted that tyler's the real personality and yeah. the narrator persona is like his fake one yeah. which yeah. is an interesting concept because it It is the other way around, but he's more confident to be himself as the made-up persona.
0: I don't even think she believes he's Tyler Durden, because if you remember, when they first met, it was in all those groups, and he had used a fake name for every single one. Yeah. So she just accepted, sure, you're Tyler Durden, I guess. Because remember, I think, if I'm remembering right, the question when he's on the phone there is like, Who do you think I am? Not who am I, it's who do you think I am? And it's like fucking Tyler Durden. Yeah, you're Tyler Durden. So even she doesn't know who the hell he is. All she knows is he gets slightly weird and she's probably that used to bad relationships. She just doesn't give a shit and just walks out. (laughs) It's just, the guy starts freaking out about their night together. She's just like, all right, deuces. And she just
1: pieces out. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of interesting, like. When he's coming to terms with the fact that he is, both personas, um, the amount of times he like he'll he'll go to another like, leader of a fight club and ask if they've seen Tyler Durden and they'll just lean in and be like, "Is this a test or like?" <laughs> so he must be, like it's almost inbuilt this like fail safe in the Tyler Durden persona
2: yeah like they kind of kind of touching it closer to that as well where he's coming to terms with things like at points you were where me at points you thought you were with me type thing it's like got some flashbacks where he's saying what earlier in the film Brad Pitt had said and then other points where just it wasn't there but then that also kind of gets messed with because at the end when you know he's going to the police and stuff and they're about to cut off his balls (laughs) he's saying that as Tyler Durden he'd said, he'd say all this, so do they just think he's kind of that almost m- messiaically insane type of character or do they think that he is kind of d- got this all planned out and he's an actual genius and not schizophrenic? Like, they don't answer these questions and then no. it just makes the next viewing so much more confusing.
1: Which yeah. is the, the kind of beauty of, like I said, I have a lot of thoughts on, on that, like Closing shot. Essentially, is it just ends? Like, <laughs> yeah, like the, the the quote unquote bad guys win. Mm-hmm. The whereas my mind plays in one of the best needle drops in cinema history, and then the movie's just over. <laughs> like, we don't have a chance now to reevaluate any of this. You, you were just done.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, maybe I literally just popped in my head. Uh, because of the, the question between the guys in the car and, like, you know, do people just accept it. Maybe, like, he has an inner circle. Edward Norton, Tyler Durden thing. Um, I can't remember Edward Norton's character's name. Uh, yeah, he, he doesn't guy. have
1: one. Yeah, he's the narrator.
0: All right, so maybe Tyler Durden, maybe he's told his inner circle that he's schizophrenic, because at the start, it's just... You know, it's, there's not really, as, like, at the start of the movie, there's, like, the major differences. There's, like, the stuff that Tyler does, like, Edward Norton's character's really nowhere near him, so it'd be okay. But as it starts to develop, you know, these guys have been with Tyler since pretty much the beginning. And they're not right in the head either. They're part of an underground club where they go and beat the living hell out of each other. There's something not right in their own head. Sure, it's an escapism from real life, but fine. Maybe his inner circle knows he's schizophrenic, and they're just good with it. So they're like, "Hey, you say some weird stuff, but it's just your other guy.
1: You're really Tyler Durden." Maybe, maybe it reminds me a lot of um, American Psycho. Yes, this yeah, that's like, confused as well. <laughs> yeah, another <laughs> great example for. You know same so in that same that same era of like bizarre like uh, critiques of uh, capitalism and stuff, but in mm-hmm. that same same vein, he's a literal psychopath. Yeah. But no one really notices because his behaviors aren't that different to mm-hmm. everyone else's in in that area. I think that's gonna. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, the whole idea of of starting the Fight Club is because. Like this, ma- this is a broken man who like needs to feel something, but it's not that outrageous to think that just your average everyday office worker wants to just beat the crap out of someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he just goes unnoticed.
0: So, and also the two people that kind of opposed both Tyler and the narrator, very different um, reactions, but still both maniacal as Tyler Durden, and... Uh, Tyler Durden's character actually bled on a guy's face to make him like let him beat the living crap out of him, then bled on his face to let him keep a building, and then Jared Leto's character got the living hell beat out of him, like lost teeth and everything.
2: As well, that you know that Jared Leto getting beat up scene. Mm -hmm. That isn't the original scene they had for that because the first one they filmed was deemed too gruesome for cinema at the time.
1: Oh Oh. Wait, that's that, the clean version. That's the <laughs> less gruesome version of that of that being, Yeah. Wow. That's... See, is so hard to watch. Is it bad that I see the original version?
2: Yeah, um, kind of.
1: I feel bad for Jared Leto as an actor because this whole movie he just gets made fun of for being too pretty. Like, yeah, <laughs> and then was he got his teeth? Yeah, yeah. I yeah no. Which I feel like that's not even the last time Jared Leto played a character that everyone hated because he was too pretty. <laughs> like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to like, he like, it's, it's just for too the pretty though that's
0: the problem I don't know when Morbius comes out I'll literally have seen him in like three movies <laughs> oh wait no once we'll I finish Zack Snyder's cut I'll have seen him in four
1: it's true he is
0: Ugh.
1: is he not only supposed to be in that movie for like
0: the nightmare sequence? minutes
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe I'll have seen it by the time this goes out and I'll not say anything about it because how am I going to Go back in the past and record again. Oh, um,
0: dude, I've watched half of it. It's hard to watch.
1: It's so long. <laughs> What's what? What your review of Justice League? It's hard to watch.
2: It's just so long. Like, it's four hours. Sorry, we got wildly I off topic here. Go, yeah, that, that, let's jump back to Fight Club, you know. Take that little. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cause I think something that's weird to point out is because we were just talking about how they all like to be, beat people up. But I think we're forgetting that. The club didn't start because people want to beat other people up, but it's because people want to get beaten up,
1: True, which is yeah.
2: the weird part. This this is fundamentally really a, just a group of masochists when you think about it, which makes the whole anti-socialism, anarchism, destroy credit card thing so much more confusing again, because it somehow makes a call of you, you like getting beaten up. Okay, great. let's Let's follow me like I'm some sort of God i think I'm it's almost
1: i think it's almost to do with like these are all like your base level like cubicle office workers so they've just become like bored numb of life in general so the idea of getting hurt gives them like something to feel and then slowly they can this ideology of like you know that your boss and his boss are like keeping you down and credit card companies have have got you in debt and whatever like let's we can rewrite the whole system and you don't need to feel this way anymore
0: yeah also after the first initial uh beating you take you then new members get inducted and then you get to beat them up so you actually eventually as you go on and on and on you start taking back power as it was i would say that with quotations um and like so you you start literally from the bottom, you're lying on the floor in a pool of your own blood in severe pain, and then you take over and take back what you maybe feel is rightfully yours. Like, destroy a credit card company, you're no longer in debt. You're now the master of your own money. And your own life.
1: Yeah. Because even the credit card thing, it's it's very clearly about... It's about the, the credit cards themselves. Like, it's not about the individuals that run it. It's about mm-hmm. it's about system. fixing this the system itself because they yeah. evacuate the buildings. <laughs>
0: They're actually like, yeah. which is
1: Yeah, it's such a an important detail. Yeah. The buildings were empty when they blew them up. So all that really changed was everyone's credit went back to zero. Yeah.
0: They're not eco terrorists, there's an actual word because everything they did was for a a a good purpose. Like the art sculpture they destroyed was designed by someone. uh, what was? Do you remember what I'm talking? About? Like the big ass stone, and then that uh, had when... to go through a video store. Like everything, yeah, they well, right before Bob gets shot. Yeah, everything they did was all for like a a good cause, like like you know, erase credit card debt, erase like all this other stuff. So they were doing good, but. They're going about it a really wrong way.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. like left wing extremity. Yeah, yeah which yeah, is yeah. something we don't we don't see very often, but it's still absolutely yeah. a real threat to society. It's like it's a, it's like base level communism.
0: Yeah, they'll do crazy hell stuff, but you know, <coughs> eventually, you know, people will be cleared of their credit card debt, or you know, this will happen, or this will happen. But the country will have to rethink. And even mm-hmm. the scene in the bathroom. They get a high up person in a company and Tyler gives that whole we are these people Which is it's yeah. true. It's saying
1: don't screw with the little people. Is that the whole point of the movie? See, that's yeah, that's where my issue maybe not with the film itself comes in, but again the reputation around the film mm. is I think a lot of people stop there. They stop, but like, like, I've got, um, I've, I've collected some issues of Empire magazine over the years. And there's a great one where they got their readers to rank the greatest movie characters of all time. And Tyler Durden is shockingly high. Oh, wow. Because I think a lot of people see him as, like, an anti-hero. Yeah. When really, he's an ideological villain. Like, <laughs> yeah. He is a bad guy. He's like Killmonger from Black Panther. He's got the right ideas but he's the bad guy. Terrible yeah. message, yeah. yeah. It's the same thing that happened to Joker. Like, what can know, I, I can next? see that film. I can, yeah, the Joaquin yeah. Phoenix Joker. Yeah. I think people picked up the wrong
2: message, yeah.
1: Yeah, that movie is getting a lot of the same buzz Fight Club got in the way that a lot of people are taking it as a legitimate ideology and not yeah. as a warning of about using these kind of ideals for your ideology.
0: Of course they're dumb, think, because, you know, one mistake and people are dead.
1: That's it, yeah, and, and Fight Club shows that perfectly, because yeah. like the most innocent character gets yeah, brutally killed by the police.
2: This, this thing with Fight Club as well, is that it could be more just in your face a lot of because it's so... Tyler Durham is such a bad person fundamentally, that it, the main character refuses to believe that he is that person. That's how in-the-face it is, and yeah. people just can't quite seem to wrap their minds around that, which is a bit ridiculous.
1: He he understands yeah. he doesn't exist, but he's so bad, he still tries to shoot him in the face. Yeah, and he, <laughs> like, he does shoot himself in the face, yeah. And he shoots himself in the face to kill Tyler. Was it, I, I always took
0: that as he was trying like, I know it's dumb as anything, my explanation is dumb as anything, but it made sense to me. It was he was trying to erase that part of his brain that created Tyler.
2: I think Maybe. it was kinda of like, kind of like the idea of in his mind if he shot himself, he I don't think he meant to not die necessarily. Like obviously he does not he might just shoot his jaw or whatever. Yeah. But, mm. but I, I think, think his, went goal through his ear or something. Was by killing himself he'd kill Tyler and then this whole thing. But then it brings up the other question into the, the film which just cuts away so he questions, then stands there with his arm around hell in the bottom car and just watches as these buildings explode so did he kill tyler or did he just accept that he was that person it's the other thing
1: yeah is, is this new well is this, this new sort of third persona it's like a mix of the two yeah because yeah because like yeah project mayhem's not gonna go anywhere just because tyler's gone you know
2: i mean but is tyler gone though i wouldn't though because that's it and they they make that clear as well, that idea of Tyler's not necessarily needed for this this mayhem thing because they say in the film when I think I think it's when Ed Norton's totally basically been like there's nationwide groups that are capable of running independently from centred leadership type idea. Which also kinda of rotates back to the idea of it's a really messed up cult, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Which I feel like was a unique concept in nineteen ninety nine. And now is just really terrifyingly true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like I the... feel like we've seen the aftermath of these types of groups spring up across particularly the states in, in recent years. Especially you like his job helped. his job helped him.
0: Yeah. His whole job Yeah, his whole job was to go to like different airplane crash sites and see what the issue was. Yeah, great. And while he's in that city, they that has to stay for a couple of days. He's building like mass cult followings and kissing people's hands and burning them with fucking lie and stuff. That scene still to this day is mental to me. I know it's in meant to me, but it's hand. it's like it's just forever you know scenes in movies that just stick in your head that scene. Yeah.
1: Horrible <laughs> <laughs> It's so yeah, it's so like intense and visceral and there's that like extreme close up off his hand.
2: Yeah, burning.
0: Like actually bubbling with like skin yeah. bubbling. Oh. Yeah. Awful man.
2: But then it tells you the idea that he just actually in reality stood there and did that to himself whilst having a debate in his mind. Which yeah. is almost worse to think about than the actual scene itself. <laughs> yeah. Like a, like, psychological self torture.
0: I do have a slight interesting piece of information. Uh, and it's funny, Josh, you don't um Helen Bonham Carter's character is called Marla Singer. So interesting. On don't if you know, Josh, did you know that um, they, uh, the guys that made Fight Club could have got sued? Uh,
2: for which reason? Because I wouldn't be surprised if there was
0: multiple. It was because of Marla Singer. Now, so what happened was, now when you make a movie, you have to make sure that if you've got a character that's maybe not described in the most flattering of ways, you've got to make sure there's no one in the world, well, sorry, world that's made in America. So in America that is named that name you know if there's loads of people no problem because you can essentially just if someone phones up it's like yeah it's not you do you know how many marla singers there is in america one she lives in illinois and literally when the movie came out um her friends went to see it and they phoned her like hey there's a person called marla singer in this movie and she's described as helena bonham Carter's character so she like she got lawyers and everything, and uh, they had to make a massive
1: payout so they didn't get sued. That's not the reason I would have expected. Exactly I-Pump to be controversial.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's literally one Marla Singer in the continental
2: US. So, right, this is a completely random thing here. I, I, I know we said we wouldn't, but I googled some things about this penguin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I this I don't care about any of the symbolism, but this is the best thing I think. My new favourite part of this movie. In the scene with the penguin, you know the penguin's icy breath? That's Leonardo DiCaprio's breath from the scene in the Titanic. They CGI'd that in.
0: Okay.
2: That's all. Yeah, that's that whole point.
1: Okay, I take it back. That is the worst unnecessary use of CGI David Fincher's ever done. It is no longer the gummy bear. (laughs) (laughs) It's now the penguin's breath in Fight
2: Club. Yeah. But you know what, all these little CGI things just come together to make such a great film and we should all listen to the film's morals. That's what we've been talking about, right? I can't I forget. Um,
1: mm, I don't think you've been paying attention. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I'm not to go blow up banks,
1: right? No. No. Okay. Okay.
2: What about make soap? Can um, you do
1: that? You can make soap, but it's not explosives. soap. See, yeah. here's the thing, right? What if I do it by accident? Slowly getting
0: concerned
1: now.
2: Have known all this knowledge or so.
1: Yeah. How? It gets bored on lights and reads. Or has he been Tyler for longer than he met Tyler? Yeah, that's the other question.
2: Because there's clearly been subtleties of Tyler. Because I don't know, if, I'm guessing you guys know, but like there's several times before that plane scene where Tyler flashes just very yeah. briefly on the screen. I think there's he's, one place He's in the spliced office.
1: between the, the frames.
2: Yeah. What, like
1: the porno pics. Like the and, porn in the kids' films,
2: yeah. Yeah, but so there's clearly, he's like, it's, it's implementing almost the idea that he's coming into this and that he he's manifesting at the very least in the narrator's brain. But how long, how long has it been going on for us? Good question. Yeah,
1: there's definitely like an idea that he's been like an actual soap salesman for years before he ever acknowledged the existence of this other person. Mm-hmm
2: yeah and then again the airport scene like this is another one was in the airport scene when he's like waiting on his luggage and whatnot you see in the background Tyler Durham gets in a car drives away then some guy goes "Oh, right, that's my car did the narrator <laughs> steal a car there because then later when the narrator asks Tyler where the car is his response
1: <laughs> is just like what car yeah Tyler doesn't have a car <laughs> so did Ed Norton's
2: character actually steal a car there
1: it's likely yeah
2: it's just a whole field. See what I mean? A bit more
1: questions. Well that's it, that's what makes this movie fun, I think, is that you just, you, every time I watch it I'm like, something in my reading changes slightly. Like I yeah. feel like I understand it differently.
2: Yeah. Because yeah, like, you, you'll see a bit and you'll be like, ah, that I can explain why that this thing's happening because in the film, later on, it does this, blah blah blah. Then it makes you think, but so then how is this going? And then how's this doing this? And then I feel like for every answered question, there's two more unanswered ones that just come up. Which to be fair, I don't even know if it's done on purpose. It might have been like this is one of those films where it could where you know, David Fisher could have got almost away with slightly lazy writing and whatnot, but not had to worry about it too much because, because of that idea of you know, there's enough mystery behind it where you don't know what's maybe a slight oversight or mistake because you're just going to overthink well, every detail yeah
1: that's the the impressive bit to me though is there are still like hundreds of, of different little questions to ask about the Spotify club even though the whole thing is spelled out to you all the time through constant narration yeah <laughs> like if the, if there's one thing you can legitimately criticize with maybe for, and i think everyone will agree. This movie is full of, like, clunky narration. Yeah. But, I, like, I adore it in points. The whole bit where he's explaining Tyler's job. And they're, like, they've CGI'd in, like, actual cigarette burns into the digital film. Like, that's amazing. But then, like, yeah, there are a lot of points where the film just grinds to a halt. And then. Well, I mean, he's called the narrator, so it makes sense. But, like, he just re-explains the scene you've just watched
2: but then it's a question of is that on purpose i or, think it is yeah because so when you think about a lot of the re-explanation stuff a lot of it is quite often you've got Ed Norton's character describing what's happened after a very taylor Durham centered moment right like for example like after like the first couple of fight clubs when you see you know brad pitt as tyler Durham doing it's like the original speech of or the first rule of fight club Don't and then we go into this like almost montage-y, monolog mm-hmm. bit, where Ed Norton is explaining what Fight Club's becoming and whatnot. So it's really weird, quite often, that the very Tyler-focused moments are followed up with the the narration. Kind of like, it's almost from the point showing that these are two separate yeah. things, but they're very interconnected, how they kind of go hand in hand.
1: It, it ties them back together again. Yeah. like a, Yeah, a hint to. The, the third act reveal. It's just.
2: It's so obvious after the first watch that some of it, like, they're the same person stuff. But it's still so confusing. And are, are we are we reading into this film too much at points? Because that's what it can feel like sometimes. <laughs>
1: right, I've got a question for both of you, though. Well, we'll start with Ty. Uh, I think I know the answer. But would you recommend Fight Club?
0: Yes,
2: hundred percent. Yes,
0: it's a great movie.
2: Josh, would
1: you recommend Fight Club?
2: To anyone without a weak stomach, yeah. Oh, and also to people that didn't believe the Joker was uh, a good film in the sense that we should follow it, then yeah, you should watch it. But if you're a lunatic, no.
1: Um. Yeah. I would. I. I think this is a film. It's one of you see on every like must see film list, and I think it's definitely accurate. Everyone that's like in, interested in the history film, you need to see Fight Club, it's just the definitive must. Yeah. Um, yeah, but going into what, what Josh just said, uh, is this a midnight screening? Well, uh, I think we should quickly
2: define what we mean by midnight screening here before answering yeah. that question. Do you mean to take that? Yeah, go for
1: it. Yeah, um, so Maya's uh, min- well, midnight screening is a phrase I came up with, um off the idea of the Midnight movie, which is a term in horror of a film that only ever gets screened at midnight for, like, you know, your Friday the 13th sequels and whatever, your real messed up fun horror movies. <laughs> um, So Midnight Screening, in my eyes, is one of those films you sit down with, like, a group of friends to watch, you know? It'd be, like, your eighteen thousand rewatch, or you're sitting with someone that's never seen it, and you want to induct them into the, you know, the cult of it all. Um, So it's a very it's a very broad but also very specific you know when you see it I feel Um, so I'll, I'll answer that question first is Fight Club of Midnight screening I'll be slightly controversial because this is a definitive cult classic but I would say no for that for that reason of how easily misunderstood this movie has been I feel like you almost run the risk of yeah misinterpreting the film by screening it in that way
2: definitely i think um i'll I'll go ahead and quickly answer as well because you know i fully agree that no it isn't i think for me a big part of something for something to be a midnight screen it has to be almost have less of the think factor that this film has (laughs) you know it's midnight you're hanging out with your mates type thing you want to watch a film that's good yes or in most cases, not all. But,
1: we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but also that you don't have to like ponder over for the next four hours because you know you're kept going to sleep after it. And I think the thing with this film is that it's not an easy watch film. It's not something you can just sit down and just like, ah, you know what, I just want to watch Fight Club. You have to be in a very specific mindset for it. And I think to do that, to watch what is a film fundamentally about an insane, schizophrenic, insomniac, going against the government in a way that people have misunderstood for, you know, 20 odd years thinking that they should support at midnight with your mates? Probably not a good shout <laughs> <laughs> Um,
0: I was going to say no. I was going to say no until you described it, Nathan. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Ooh. Because every midnight screening I've done I've had a half an hour drive, at least half hour drive back to my house, which would give me ample opportunity to sit there and go, okay, let's mellow on what we just saw, let's get tonight's sleep, and then tomorrow, fresh heads, let's have a proper discussion about what the heck we just saw. Uh, yeah. So for that respective, I'm gonna say, yes, it is a midnight screen.
1: Yeah, it does be a big good part of the... Yeah, it can be quite fun to, to meet up the day after I midnight mean, night screening and... discuss.
0: Um, yeah, you got half an hour of the, like, quietness and go, so, sleep? Yeah, sweet. And then go home, you sleep, and then you
1: wake up and go, okay, what the hell did I just see last night? So we're all in, we're all in agreement Fight Club is a definite must-see movie? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um... We're more torn on the the midnight screening aspect, so uh, it is two to one. Unfortunately, Fight Club does not make the midnight screening Hall of Fame. Oh, we should do a tier list Ugh. once we've once we've done the first season. Also, can I point out how yeah. ironic it
2: is that the film about an insomniac who doesn't sleep should not be watched that late at night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't think we need to point out the irony, but sure. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, Josh, we can point out the irony.
1: <laughs> so yes, um, Fight Club, absolutely definitive must-see cult classic. Uh, more on the fence whether or not it fits our very very particular criteria. Uh, thank you all for coming with us on this journey to to discuss Fight Club. I think it's one of collectively our favourite films if I'm not overstepping my boundary there Um, it's up there yeah uh, it's top 15 next week we've got something a little bit different (laughs) (laughs) Um, a little do you want to give a a little teaser to what we've got coming up that was a (laughs) quote is that your impression of every character you want a
2: bit more of why I could Ah, or a, you know, it's all very similar kind of sound effects to be honest.
1: Josh, I know that like the listeners won't hear it, but I would appreciate that was so much funnier <laughs> because your Discord cut out. So we said, ah, that, that's great. Ah. That was great. No, I was It was a very sustained, monotone, kind of like growly scream. Um, so do stay tuned. Uh, to the channel or uh, Spotify page to find out what on earth we were just talking about when uh, the next episode comes out. Uh, as always, if you're watching us on YouTube, like, subscribe, send us a comment, whatever, go check out the other fun stuff I'm doing. Links for our socials be in the description below. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter or at least follow me on Twitter. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, there'll be a link to the Spotify page for the show. And vice versa, if you're listening on Spotify, there will be a link to my YouTube channel, which hosts these as well as all my hot take opinions on recent pop culture. Oh, sorry, thank you to our editor as well. (laughs) Thanks to uh, IsPrebuilt on YouTube. I'll leave his links as well. He does gaming tutorials uh that are way better than anything i make so if you're into video games check them out <laughs> we don't have like an outro do we no i
2: don't I, think so you know i make one i can describe every time i'll describe what my bird's doing for the outro right right now he's chewing on used lolly wrappers whilst throwing a pen around my this has been midnight screening <laughs> <laughs> there
1: You have it, folks. <laughs>